In this episode, we had a great conversation with Wiccan author Susan Kagan, and Robin and I discussed season four of She-Ra, Princess of Power. All this and more on The Let's Game. Hi, I am Robin Renee, and you are listening to The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Hi, I'm Wendy Sheridan, and we're going to jump right in with three random facts and the news. Well, I found this random fact pretty interesting. I was looking at uh, theweek.com, and it says here that Vienna will reward people who forego cars with free concert tickets. That is so. Yeah, so walk, ride a bike, or hop a bus in Vienna, and you could be closer to a free concert or trip to a museum. Uh, the city launched a new app that tracks users' modes of transportation. It calculates the amount of carbon dioxide savings in comparison to driving a car. And once users save 40 pounds of CO2, they receive one culture token. So there are participating concert places and, and uh, other cultural institutions, mu museums, and things like that. And you get rewards the less you drive, basically. So that's that could be fun. I could go for that. Yeah, I'd like to see how that how that all plays out, and and if any United States cities would then follow suit. You know, if it if it ends up being effective, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Fact number two, we got Valentine's Day coming up on Friday, and the holiday has origins in the Roman festival of Lupercalia, or Lupercalia, which is also held in February. The festival, which celebrated the coming of spring, included fertility rites and the pairing off of women with men by lottery. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It's like a key party or something. Yes. <laughs> That's strange. At yeah. the end of the fifth century, Pope Galasius the first and probably the only uh replaced Lupercalia with Saint Valentine's Day. So I guess I guess that's better than getting randomly paired with someone by lottery. That's kind of scary. Yeah, really. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um fact number three, we just finished with the Iowa caucuses, and I was curious about where else caucuses are held in the United States, and they are also in Nevada, North Dakota, Wyoming, and the territories of uh, Guam, Virgin Islands, and American Samoa. Yeah. So, I, and I know that there used to be more. The, the others are, people are changing whether they're doing caucuses or primaries. So this is it, the current list, I believe. Just after watching what went on in Iowa and also uh, reading that one Twitter thread from one of the, the people who was managing one of the one of the smaller caucuses in Iowa, I can see why states don't want to do that anymore because it's very time consuming and and weird. <laughs> it's time consuming, weird, and people are not being equally represented. It's sort of like a mini electoral college. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like the idea of getting of people being more engaged and showing up and getting in their corner and just debating and discussing and all that. But I can see it not be any. A lot of people can't spend the time doing that. Yeah, you know? I mean, well, the one the so one that's a big problem. The, the guy who was explaining how their how they came up with their delegate count. Um, they said, you know, they, they were doing the vote and then somebody couldn't stay for the whole thing. So they left and then there was one less vote that couldn't be counted now. Oh, wow. So, you know, not only do you have to show up, you have to stay the whole time. So, it's, right. you know, right. it's weird. Here is uh, all the news that we can handle. Well, let's see. There were a couple State of the Union addresses. Yeah, I, yesterday, the day before we recorded this. Yeah, um, I, I had I had originally thought I was going to be able to watch our president speaking, and then as the hour approached, I kept feeling less and less 
like I could actually watch it in real time. And I, and my, and my, uh, little delusion that I could like live to a, like a Facebook watch party for this was not going to happen. Cause I just couldn't, I, I couldn't, I would just say, fuck it. I'm going to bed. I'd wake up and listen to see what happened, you know? Cause that's pretty much what I did do. <laughs> and, and it was, as I expected, it was a lot of, uh, we we're doing the best ever in all yeah. these things. Bloviating. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good, I, I'm, I like that word lately. Bloviate. Well, that's, it describes does that. It, yes. <laughs> I was so very, yeah. very upset that he gave out the Medal of Honor to uh, what's his name? Limbaugh. Yeah. That um, really, really upset me. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. Suppose I don't you know, I'm not saying anything disparaging about someone who's ill, but that's not a good choice. But whatever. But I can see you're upset. I just, I did actually discovered that. I don't think I saw that in my first pass of. Oh, uh, I did. Catching up on what happened, and I was kind of like, okay, well. It's, yeah, um, I just wonder if it like cheapens the award for everyone else that has gotten it. You know, I mean, if he's just anyway. I'm all right. Let's talk about something a little better. Um, yes. Billy Porter through, I guess, logo the logo TV station did a a lgbtq state of the union last yesterday as well and we've shared it on our on our facebook page it's up there you might have to scroll down by for a while uh just look under our videos and you should be able to find it it's also on youtube it was delightful it was impactful i loved listening to every second of it i don't know you saw that too right what were your i did yes i watched it and it was you know it it Definitely called attention to all of the damage that Trump has done to the LGBT community from like the anti-trans and the military stuff to, you know, giving people greater rights to conscience, like, you know, not, need, not the religious, serve, the religious yes, thing religious where they can deny type service based on some bullshit. Oh, I believe yeah. Well, so we're all we're all about belief now because if if the president believes that what he's doing is the in the best interests of the country, it's not illegal. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> uh, so that yeah. So so he he went through a lot of those kinds of things, but then also ended in a, in a really inspirational points and just sort of. It was a good rallying cry yeah. for all of us to stay active and understand how important the politics are right now. And I, know. I'd like to, I'd like to read um, a quote that I transcribed from his speech. Uh, and I also, I also want to know who wrote the speech because it was really written very well. I, I, it was great if Porter himself wrote it, but you know, it had a very definite speech writery feel to it. So, anyhow. Um, this is a little quote from his speech. Every act of kindness is a blow against cruelty. Every act of empathy is a blow against bigotry. Every act of courage is a blow against cowardly self-interest. And every act of love is a blow against hate. Mm-hmm. And that's some good speechifying right there. Yeah. And it's a good, as I said, it's a good reminder Yeah, to keep, to keep going. And that's what I think, you know, a lot of people say that street protest doesn't do any good. And why do people do that? And I think it has the same effect. It reminds people that there are people in their corner, you know, and I think words like that do the same thing. Yeah, I I might actually want to cross stitch all of that and put it up. So (laughs) awesome. that's a a real grandma thing to do. (laughs) Um, And we have uh, some personal news that happened to robin this past yes. week yes yes i um was selected as the winner the 2019 winner for the p flag queens brenda howard award which was um was really exciting it yeah. was very cool it's it's this is uh, brenda howard was um one well really the at the forefront of creating pride uh right after stonewall there was uh, the year after Stonewall, she organized a march to commemorate it. And that really became Pride. So, yeah. And she was an out 
by woman, very, very active. And so this award is named in her honor. And so I guess some people feel like I do enough to warrant such an award. <laughs> I think it was very well deserved. You're not going to convince me otherwise. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and it was really wonderful. Wendy uh, came with me. This was at um, Ricardo's By the Bridge in Astoria. In um, Queens, with- yes. P flag Queens, as in Queens, New York, not Queens, as in, you know, women of power and people who dress like Queens. So... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yes, an actual place. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a nice, it was a really nice affair. And there were people that I have organized with for years there. Tom Limoncelli did a lot to make this happen, it seems. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, it was really great to, to see him and to know that I was representing people that really believe in me. And I'm trying to uh, say it again. It's a, it's a good, it's a good uh, reminder. And I got to speak a little bit. And um, I don't know, at least approach some topics I've been thinking about in terms of all of us, you know, progressive and other left-leaning types, like not fighting each other so much, but seeing our diversity as we're asking like the world at large to see our diversity and and honor us. So it was good. It was a good thing overall. (laughs) And I'm hoping uh, even before this airs that Robin's uh, acceptance speech will be also on our Facebook page, but she still hasn't watched herself read her. <laughs> I'm going to not like yet. it. I, <laughs> I can tell you that because I'm a perfectionist, so. <laughs> but I will, I will approve it for okay. the page. It will be fine. <laughs> I'll get over myself. <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to say thanks to everybody who, who supported me and was, uh, and was there and, it was a good, it was a wonderful time. And I will also post about uh, some of the, uh, there were two other honorees too, and uh, lots of politicians and yeah, folks in the know. So it was, it was a good afternoon. And our final piece of news is I just wanted to remind everybody about uh, the important presidential primary dates coming up on the 19th when I believe this show is aired, no, the week after, sorry. On the 19th of February is the ninth Democratic primary debate. On the 22nd is the Nevada Democratic Caucus. On the 25th is the 10th Democratic primary debate. And on February 29th is the South Carolina Democratic primary. And on March 3rd is the Super Tuesday primaries. So if your state uh, participates in that, uh, make sure you are registered to vote. And if you need to vote in the Democratic primary, make sure if the rules in your state require it, like they do in New Jersey, register as a Democrat so you can vote in the primary. And also just check your registration and make sure you're registered to vote just in general, because that's the last thing you want is to show up at the polls and not be able to vote. Yeah, you don't want to have gotten purged for some unknown no. reason. And yeah, so this is important. Do it. Yeah. Check out. Make sure you're make sure you're ready to go. I will keep bothering you until November 3rd. <laughs> so just do it. And uh, I guess that's all the news we can handle today. Hi, Wendy here, inviting you to join us on Patreon, where we publish an extended segment every month. Archived segments include an intimate look at our sexual selves, work-life balance and SEO, and in February, an extended Geekscape segment about Star Trek Picard on CBS All Access. We have tiers for every budget. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash leftscape. Thank you. Hi, this is Robin Oaks, educator, activist, writer, all around by Diva. You are listening to The Letscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. So I wanna remind you how important it is to let people know about us. If you like this show, please uh, tell your friends. And one of the ways you can really help us out this week is to like us on Facebook. So if you are not a fan on Facebook, please go over to facebook.com slash leftscape and hit like. And uh, if you can pass it along to a couple of friends and ask them to do the same, that will 
help us tremendously. We want to keep reaching more and more folks. Thanks a lot. And coming up later in this show, we have an interview with pagan author Susan Kagan. And we are going to be talking about She-Ra, season four. Yes, I'm looking forward to those things. And I wanted to say we have a rewind also. Kevin Patterson, who is a great activist and polyamory community organizer and author who's been on our show, was listening to Men Have Feelings 2, which was the episode 41 Redux, where John Todd was talking about his men's group. And he had some thoughts on that show. So I want to read you those. Kevin said, just listened. I'm glad to see that Dr. Robert Glover's book is still used as a basis for helping men figure their shit out. No More Mr. Nice Guy was the book that started my push towards understanding feminism and power dynamics. Though, if I remember it, the book is a bit anti-feminist itself. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I read it. What's interesting is that John C. Todd brought up incels and MRAs. Um, that's involuntary celibates and men's uh, rights, men's activists. rights activists. Yep. After not reading the more mis- to eat. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that Sorry, goes on not. our acronym uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> um, after reading No More Mr. Nice Guy, I spent a lot of time in the book's online support groups. Often incels and MRAs would show up to those forums trying to recruit new members. They thought the title No More Mr. Nice Guy was a dog whistle for their own male entitlement and hatred of women. While the more further along men in the forum of the forum would run those sad boys out of the group. Occasionally, they'd influence and draw away guys who were at the very beginning of their nice guy recovery. It's the reason why I've gotten so much anger towards MRAs and the like. That forum was instrumental in helping me toward my current happy life. To see them try to corrupt it was extremely off-putting. Yeah, that is something. It's one of those things where I think it's important to keep paying attention to what you're hearing and what the 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 timbre is and the changes are because when I first heard the title No More Mr. Nice Guy, I kind of thought it might be like a men's rights thing, which is, you know, men's rights sounds nice, but it's really often just very anti-women, anti-feminist, not good information, (laughs) you know, to be spreading. And so that's what I was wondering too, like how you know what you're getting into. And, you know, obviously, you know, just talking to John Todd, his group is very, very much in the side of developing empathy and working through the type of patriarchy that harms men and harms all of us, really. Right. You know. Yeah. And and, um, the men's rights people are very much wanting the status quo from like the 1950s. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I would, yeah, it is, I think it's important that when you're involved in anything like that, like if someone else comes in and starts giving information that's like seems askew, like, you know, definitely consider what you're hearing because I've, I've run into things like that where you think you're in a place that's progressive and powerful and interesting. And then all of a sudden someone comes out of left field and is saying something very different. And you're like, wait a minute, you know, so it's a shame that Kevin was talking about some of the guys kind of peeling off into the MRA uh, landscape from a place that was really, you know, started out positive. So hopefully yeah, they could figure this shit out. And hopefully the majority of people who are um, exploring and just trying to get to become better versions of themselves can continue to do that on that path. Indeed. Indeed. So thanks, Kevin. <laughs> I'm here today with an author and very good friend and longtime friend of mine, Susan Kagan. Hi, Susan. Hey, Wendy. <laughs> um, she's, uh, she's a writer and a nerd and lives in New Orleans, Louisiana, which I have been to once, uh, but not to visit her. We got to get you down here I know, again. I really, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed the couple of times I was down there. Uh, it was for science fiction conventions and then, and then uh, reward points because of Marriott or something. So I had two trips. It was all mostly, never got out of the French Quarter, but I enjoyed it. And 
Susan is also a Wiccan, a witch, as am I. And uh, it's kind of almost how we found each other online. I don't even know how many years ago it was at this point. It was way back in the late Cretaceous period. <laughs> yes, when you could when you could write a website with just plain HTML. It's web Ooh, web dot one. <laughs> yeah. So she's got I don't even know how many books you have out now. I am deaf I only two. Have two. Okay, so I am just, just the two. two. <laughs> yeah. The two. Uh one is a, a fiction book called Roxandra. And tell me a little bit about that one. I I I, I, I was uh, privileged to be hired by her to do the cover for that book. And it is beautifully spooky <laughs> and atmospheric, exactly what I wanted. So <laughs> I knew I went to the right person for that. Wow. The, the book, even though it's about Roxandra, who is the granddaughter of Vlad the Impaler, it's not about vampires. It's kind of a historical fiction, um, supernatural historical fiction. Okay. Because it, it, it goes over all of her struggles, and she was kind of whack. <laughs> yeah, a little whack. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the nuts don't fall too far from the tree. So she had her own hang-ups that were sort of similar to her grandfather's and everybody else in her nutball family. Yeah, that was, and also it gives you a lot of insights into what is it, the lack of agency women had in that time period. Yeah, and her unhealthy coping oh my God, mechanisms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those artists who will actually, if the manuscript exists, I will read the book before I do the cover. So that was uh, that book was was quite the uh, quite the experience. <laughs> Well, you nailed the cover. It was a so. lot more murder than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some twists and turns in the plot that, and it's based on actual historical things, but it's my twist on what might have mm. happened. Okay, but yeah, I I definitely I was very impressed with your with your research and how how life was described. So you really do get a feeling of how how the people were living and how they'd get along and what they'd eat and how they would spend their days. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. In my uh, writer's group, the people would say, when I read your, your feast scenes, it makes me hungry. <laughs> Good. Go eat something. <laughs> yes. That's one thing I have noticed in a lot of historical fiction and even fantasy. I mean, a game of Thrones, um, George R. R. Martin's descriptions of all of the, cause well, eating is important in people's lives. So, you know, my mom would write pages and pages about what they were eating for breakfast and shit like that. So, <laughs> you know, Hey, it's important. And us fat people, it's our porn. <laughs> so food, porn and murder. <laughs> food, porn and murder. Oh, yes. Um, and your other book, which I guess we could use it as a jumping off point for many, many things, is called Basic Wiccan Ethics. And this was uh, your first book in 2014. And it feels like it was a lot longer ago that it came out. I, I just I think time has kind of our sense of time has kind of gotten very weird since 2016, 2017. I I know. Wouldn't it be cool to just jump in a TARDIS and go somewhere I know. Else? I've aged All about life. 30 years in the past, too. So, Oh, yeah. Everybody who's a decent human being has. <laughs> so, Basic Wiccan Ethics is... I, I really enjoy this book a lot. So, tell me. Tell me why and how this book came about. I was at a... I don't know if it was a pagan pride or if it was a festival or something pagan related, but Dorothy Morrison was there. And I just spent the weekend with her at a witchy weekend festival down here in um, Louisiana this past weekend. She's delightful. But she was telling how she did these sort of lead processes with when she was traveling and touring a lot with MR sellers, they would do these things hypotheticals like what if you found out that your um, uncle bob or whatever it was 
was a serial killer or something, what would you do? Oh, my God. You would think that this would be a no-brainer. But some pagans are like, well, I would cast light around him and no, don't protect Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob is bad. <laughs> so the more she told about all this stuff, the more I said, you are shitting me. <laughs> and she said, I shit you Oh, not. my gosh. <laughs> so I said, there's, there's really nothing. And I did look to see what kind of books were out there because you do Right, that. well, you it's have to. Market research, right. Yeah. So I said, there's a, there's a good reason to write this, and I'm just the one to do it because I have a lot of colorful language <laughs> and have reasonably decent writing skills. And I said, well, what, I want, what do I want to do? I'm not going to just deal with magic because everybody does that, and it's sort of fluffy, buddy, right? <laughs> Oh, don't do bad magic, la la la. Yeah, but it it goes beyond that. It goes down from the magical to the mundane, and my book goes all of the entire gamut of your life: birth, death, work, relationships with family. It even gets down into pets. Pets. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think that's part of the family. Is it? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking at the contents right of, now. So it's <laughs> yeah. Pets are part of the family. I mean, and if, if they're not, then you really shouldn't have a pet. Oh yes. The chapter, the section called squeak meow woof. Okay. Meow <laughs> <laughs> woof. Yeah. Oh, I, I love your, I love these. The, these are, they're presented kind of like a bunch of short essays. So this is, you know, you could get through chapters pretty quick. This is not a, yeah, a you big can, book. Read it on the John. Yeah, I like the like the chapter called "You're Not the Boss of Me." <laughs> <laughs> it's humorous because humor makes people remember stuff better. Yes, and it's a it's a book that I think would relate to people who aren't necessarily Wiccan, um, but definitely it definitely speaks to our community in the neo pagan community. I I actually have a question now. What are your thoughts about the news articles that have come out since since January 20th ish 2017 mm. when when 45 I don't even yeah. want to use his name it just makes me creepy all over to when the maladministration yes. began um <laughs> and, and and maybe it was even during the uh the election cycle that we would see these articles about all of these witches casting spells on him. What are your thoughts just on that in general? Good for them. Good for them. I've, I've said a few choice things too <laughs> on account of anybody that's not working against harm is enabling. Uh, in my opinion. That's, I, okay. That's, you see, this is why I, I love talking to you. You will come out with these statements that, <laughs> very absolute so yep well and i do judge people <laughs> and i i i know some believe it or not i know some witches that voted for that really crap. yikes yeah, they're not my closest friends obviously for have you yeah. talked but, to how have they tried to justify this to you yes which they did not get very i want to can you can you can you give me some of their reasons yeah, because, well, one of them, it's because um, she was kind of living with a roommate whose basic diet of news was the sewage of Fox. Okay. And she started using a lot of the same verbiage. Oh, God. <laughs> she, was, she was affected by propaganda? And that... Nice. Yes. Yikes. Because if that's all you hear, if that's if you're stuck in a situation where you, and you, you don't have the um, strength of character to say, I'm going to change the channel or I'm going to not listen to this crap because I know it's bullshit, then, yeah, you kind of get sucked in. Because if everybody around you thinks that and says that, what are you going to wow. do? Wow. Actually, I shouldn't be surprised. We had we had someone who. Who voted her pocketbook instead of, you know, wanting our some of us to like remain safe? So yeah, 
and and she really didn't understand that the policies that have subsequently been put into place are directly endangering these other friends of ours. So it's like later Felicia. So or was it by Felicia? Yeah. I don't even know the expression. <laughs> it's it's by Felicia. Felicia. Yeah. Yeah. So and uh, it was it was sad. <laughs> it was sad. And and we had we had tried to we made an effort one I remember the one last effort and it was she was like Oh, I'm so glad the election's over and we can put this all behind us now. And we all oh, looked at each other God. and said, I don't think so. <laughs> no, there's just some things like no way am I going to have any respect for anybody who does stuff like that. It's it's just not a good way to no. be. No, but it's it's sad that it's sad that it's come to this. But, you know, all right, there are there are people who are pointing out that because of all of the recent social, like recent as in the Obama administration, for example, a lot of the social progress that we've made with marriage equality and some other stuff that the people who are benefiting from the status quo, this is like their, their last ditch effort to keep things the way they want them to be. They're afraid of losing out, of losing their power and their money, you know, <laughs> and, that, and uh, that this is what, this is like the reaction to, to the liberal agenda or whatever the fuck. <laughs> uh, you know, I get that. However, a lot of people who, who are stupid and <laughs> voted for this crash heap of a mess <laughs> They don't have power and they don't have money. They are powerless and broke. And they still, what they did was voted their bigotries, mm. which is disgusting. Well, yeah. Yes. And and that's that's from the propaganda because you will get what because the, the people in power want to stay there and they know that the easiest way to do that is to make everybody afraid. And, and if you need to be afraid, they need to have something to be afraid of. And they're not. And because of, of what is it? I guess, I guess Nixon or Reagan was, it was the reason why we have Fox news and the 24 hour it's Reagan, news cycle. That yeah. St. Bonnie, my ass, what a piece of crap he was. <laughs> Yeah, I had a I have a button called that says I never thought I'd miss Nixon and and I had it I bought it during Bush 2. <laughs> and I can I've been using it again. Do you remember the um list of crazy stuff that was tr uh circulating years ago that were like um job or uh, yeah, I think they were like job evaluations and one of them said has reached rock bottom and has started to dig. <laughs> you mean that that was you mean twenty sixteen? <laughs> that was yes. They have reached rock bottom and they have started to dig. Another thing I've been calling them is a closed loop human centipede. Oh my because god. all they do is <laughs> circulating the same oh my shit god. over and over. <laughs> That is a visual I really didn't need. I'm really good I at know. that. And it's one of my horrible superpowers. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm not exactly sure when this is airing, but right now we are in the void of time between when the House brought the articles of impeachment to the Senate and the Senate has yet to have their trial and i'm hoping i don't have to use air quotes around the word trial but i get a feeling that that's what it's going to be i don't know what are your what are your thoughts about what let's see we, we can make predictions that we will know right or wrong before this show airs <laughs> so i don't know well considering that they are all the entire what i call the republic clan party <laughs> all enthrall to the same beautiful source of sweet Russian <laughs> rubles. I think they're going to try and find a way to make it as unfair and useless as possible. If they can get away with it, they will. If they can't, that means 
decency has prevailed. I don't see that happening because they have no decency. If they did, they would not be in that party because that's not a decent party at any. Yeah. No. Yeah, not anymore. So. Nope. The last decent Republican was Eisenhower. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I would agree with you. (laughs) It's like that that, that evolution thing, only it's backwards. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, the more the more I read about history, the the sadder I get. It's Lincoln's assassination really did fuck everything up. Yep. So yeah, I was reading about was it why they impeached Andrew Johnson and like holy shit, the stuff he did. Like holy he was fucking a shit. Complete ass nugget. <laughs> oh, what a he, I mean he he the the depth of bullshit that that guy did <sighs> reminds me of the current goatsy class asshole in office. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, well, okay, there's, I would like to think there are less government-sanctioned, racially-motivated murders happening now than were happening in the John in the Andrew Johnson administration. I really would like to believe that. I, I don't know if it's true. <laughs> I would really like to believe that. Yeah, there there probably are, but not because of uh, they don't want to. <laughs> what are you working on? More books that will be released in the nearish future, or what do you guys do? I know you do like this writing group thing. Yeah, nearish is a good <laughs> word because <laughs> it is nearish. Um, yeah, I, I have a second novel finished i'm doing some polishing on it and i need to dig into some major revisions on my third novel but until that i'm doing productive procrastination by writing others okay (laughs) (laughs) and cleaning my house decluttering yeah okay so that's that's what uh, i think all of us who are of a similar age have been thinking about that stuff yes because it's really a thing. I personally do not have any offspring, but I'm cognizant that if anybody ever has to come into this house and take all of my belongings and do something with them, I don't want them to be saying, that crazy old broad, how the <laughs> hell could she have kept all of this shit? <laughs> yeah, I've got one, two, three... Uh, up to four generations worth of stuff collecting in boxes because I've I've I don't know how I'm I managed to become the family archivist but I am so I have everybody's pictures you have a house <laughs> and they said you have room for it that's how yeah well there's other family members that could have like said hey I'll take some pictures but you know it was like no yeah I've uh having to have shut up my parents' house after they left the physical plane. Yeah, they died. Uh, after they died, um, it was, uh, it took, God, six months of weekend trips down to Virginia to do this. It was, it was rough. And a lot of it ended up in my house and a lot of it ended up at the, at the dump. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to do that to people. That is, no, that's that's sad. And the the good thing though is, and I've been watching a lot of YouTube stuff about decluttering and um, deep cleaning and organizing and stuff like that. I've read Marie Kondo's book. I love her. She is just cute as a button. <laughs> uh, I've watched her Netflix series, and it really does make a lot of sense what she says and how to do it you have to do it in a process and I love process I love systems because I am a massive nerd (laughs) so anything I can systematize is totally that's totally within my comfort zone a lot of other people can't deal with that because they're more chaotic but I love routine and systems and it just makes it easier Mm. So I would recommend her book. If if you're starting the process, it's really hard to get started. Yeah, so um, I 
don't know what else to say. Uh, I guess, um, did they have um, a woman's march down in, in New Orleans last yesterday? They might have done, but I was doing other things because I'd already made other plans. Mm. If if I hadn't made other plans, I would have been there because uh, I I even started going to the gym just for part part of that to be able to do those walks because it's a lot of walks. Yeah, I have not done them because I get, well, yesterday was the first time it was under freezing temperature. It was the coldest day we've had so far. And also the first time it snowed. So I kind of wasn't planning on going anywhere yesterday and I actually forgot. And I feel, I feel a little guilty, but I, I am not a good person in crowds of people anymore. So, I mean, that's another thing. So it's, you know, I'll throw money at stuff if I have the money, but it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to just get up and get out and be in a crush of people. I'm not, I am not happy in a crush of people anymore, or maybe. It is hard to people. It totally <laughs> is. Especially like throngs of people. The only thing that I don't mind doing for with throngs of people is listening to music. So I'll go to a concert and be super glad and then happy once I get in my car and drive away from it. <laughs> we were talking offline for a minute and we were discussing the uh, the candidate pool for the Democratic nominee for president for the 2020 election. So who are your top picks out of the, the field. Well, like we were saying earlier, I I like Warren as well. I liked a couple of the ones that have already dropped out, but I will vote for whoever is the last one standing because that's the only bulwark we have against fascism at this point. Yes. But you're not going to talk about primaries now, so so I can't get you pinned down on anybody. Well, Who would, who are you supporting in the primaries who are still who are still going? Unfortunately, I have not been paying much attention because I wanted to, to the you know that the the initial crowd was just there were too many people. A lot of them were really good people, but there were just too many. So I'm kind of waiting until they get down to the last the final four, as, as, <laughs> as they say in sports. When we when they get to the final four, then I will choose which of those I'm going to vote for in the primary. Okay, that's reasonable. <laughs> I won't hold you to the fire. I those... don't have a problem with any of them, really. I mean, even his burniness, because, you know, <laughs> he's not really a Democrat, so he's not my cup of tea. But I... I I just can't stand all these people bitching and moaning and saying, well, this one is not as good. And like, no, don't be a freaking puritopian. Get your ass out and vote for whoever gets the nomination. It's yeah. important. We told you this shit four years ago and you didn't fucking listen. And now what do we have? The dumpster fire of all dumpster fires. Well, I am going to just say that Susan's books are available on Amazon if you look her up and we'll have links. And uh, I want to thank you so much for uh, for being here with me today. <laughs> well, thank you so much for inviting me. You are just one of my favorite people in the world. And I'm so glad that you're my same, friend. Same, same. And be well and listen to our podcast. <laughs> I will do that. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey, this is Robin Renee here. One of my New Year's resolutions was to get back out on the road and play some music. If you'd like to see me in your city, please get in touch. Is there a listening room, university concert series, club, event, or yoga studio near you that would like what I do? Let me know. If you or a friend would be into hosting a house concert, get in touch and let's make it happen. I'm doing it indie style, so your help and input really matters. You can contact me and check out my music at robinrene.com. 
Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from you, and I'm excited to see you in 2020. Hi, Wendy here. I would want to announce the beginning of a monthly giveaway on my Wendy Cards Facebook page. I will be announcing the first giveaway on March 1st. It'll run all month with the winners announced at the end of March. Like Facebook.com slash Wendy Cards to be among the first to know. Are you out of your book of mind? Recently, I guess a couple of months ago, She-Ra dropped another season, uh, season four on Netflix, and this is the the rebooted She-Ra. I never really watched the first version of it. I think it, it when it came out, I was not I was not in the right demographics when it came out. Yeah, I vaguely remember, but it was just like one of the th- many things on afternoon the 80s, cartoons right? that I didn't really follow it so particularly. It was, I was I was you know yeah, I think of it as eighty. I was really eschewing most of the the kids stuff at that point. I, I had didn't have my second childhood till I was in my thirties, and <laughs> some of my friends said, "Oh, you need to watch." <laughs> Ren and Stimpy. Um, anyway, so we talked about season one last year because it's a lot deeper than you would think about like a kid's show. And and I was watching season four and it really struck me again. I think season four is, you know, there was a lot of stuff and I should preface everything that there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, you may want to pause this podcast, go watch the season and then listen to us talk about this because I'm going to spoil the hell out of everything pretty much right now. Because at the end of season three, we had Glimmer's mother, whose name I am now forgetting. Glimmer's mother, who was the queen of Bright Hope, was killed at the end of season three. So we have Glimmer having, you know, learning how to deal with suddenly being elevated to queen and also losing her mother. But the overarching theme for this this season is is friendship. At least that's kind of what I thought about it. That's what I got to. And I was initially thinking that you were also seeing it in like a political context, but I yeah, think it's but, really, it seems more It depends on how interpersonal I am when I'm watching I'll see things like the first time I went through, I was just seeing, I was seeing Trump everywhere (laughs) and, and I rewatched it the season again and going, wait a minute, it's not really political this season. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think so, but, but it's, it's interesting, you know, and I'm, I'm enjoying the, it's funny because the characters are stylized in a way that like a kid's cartoon would be so that they're, they all are like funny and quirky in a way, but they have their traits that are recognizable and you can think about like the types of personalities and, and, and how that works in terms of friendship and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So what was the well, relationship that you found most central? I found, I, well, I found the most powerful episode of this entire season, at least in terms of friendship is the episode, I think it's like halfway through the season, it's called, or towards the end, it's called Princess Scorpia, is the mm-hmm. episode number, or the episode, episode six. Okay, so it's like halfway through. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you had been watching the series, you have noticed that Scorpia really got attached to Catra. You know, she wanted to be her friend. I think Scorpia had issues making friends in the first place. And the episode called Princess Scorpia. It's basically a 30-minute lesson in recognizing and leaving a toxic relationship. And I thought that was really, really powerful. You know, you were getting the signs that that the relationship with Scorpia and Katra were not, was not a healthy one. Uh, it was definitely very one-sided, and Katra really took Scorpia for granted. And at the end of Princess Scorpia episode, at the end of episode six, she says, or towards the end, she goes, you know, she tells Catrice, is you're really a bad friend? And and she leaves. 
she leaves the fright zone and it takes catcher a while to even realize that she's gone you know and and i think that when she when she packed up her stuff and she took the robot with her and they left it it was like i was very i was kind of like going wow that's heavy <laughs> yeah i agree i mean it it definitely has resonance in my life where i needed to say okay it's time to be done here yeah <laughs> you know and it's it was moving to me also to think about how hard it can be to see because to us you know from the viewer's point of view it's obvious to see how horrible Catra is being <laughs> to her like you're just like what the hell you know what I mean but from being inside of a relationship like that it's not always so easy oh it's not just us it, it's it was I think I think the the last straw for Scorpio was Catra's expecting her to to kill this robot friend of hers to get yeah. some data crystal or something out of it and and i think she was just not willing to hurt her robot friend you know and then there's the other side the other side plot where you know she i think she had a closer relationship with entrapta which the names of these guys are just i don't know <laughs> i'm not in love with the names of these people but they're very explanatory names yeah and entrapta is the is the is the geeky scientist character of the oh yeah yeah of the yeah. show and she she got banished to some weird island of the ancients and was actually quite content there because she got to play with a lot of advanced technology that she's very much into but scorpia also there's that that whole side plot of them rescuing entrapta and that also had to do with you know with shira and or adora rather and and glimmer and all of them because they kind of, I guess they abandoned Entrapta in season one or at the end of season one or sometime in season two when she went over to the Fright Zone. So, and let's uh, let's talk for a second a little bit about the the, the non-binary character Double Trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to get to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I feel like, no, 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 I wasn't. There's lots of aspects of this to talk about, you know, of, of the whole series. I like the character of Double Trouble. I think it's a fun entertaining character i'm looking forward to the day when the non-binary character isn't the shape-shifting untrustworthy evil character <laughs> <laughs> you know like there's this kind of um stereotype that like you know the first character of like an alternative group you get is always going to be like in all the negative stereotypes or like the butt of the joke or they're evil That's or crazy true. or something like that yeah and then eventually you just get the average non-binary person just walking down the street they, you know <laughs> in other words they have to come in as evil and suspicious until they get normalized right right or the butt of the, or a joke or of some type you know yeah. or all of the yeah. above somehow you know and i and i love jacob tobia who voices who who voices double trouble we actually were on a an online panel talking about non-binary identity together like a bunch of years ago. It was a long time ago. So it was kind of cool. I was like, oh, wait, I know that person. I recognize <laughs> that person. And to find out that um, they were doing that is was really cool. But I do like it. I like, it's like him in a way <laughs> from the Powerpuff Girls. Yes. Different, but similar. Although know? with the name like him, it's hard to be non-binary. <laughs> Uh, should be them right them i don't well, know yeah it was also the 90s so i know there were not quite there yet. They, they didn't, <laughs> the early they, we weren't into pronouns in the in the 90s <laughs> right right so yeah so that was interesting but i think it added double trouble adds to the whole idea of you not not knowing who to trust and how and is a friendship real or is there an agenda somehow mm. you know i think that was sort of one of the things that I was thinking about in it and you probably wouldn't be surprised to know that I think I dated double trouble back in the day <laughs> <laughs> because I did have an well a girlfriend and then an ex who really pit my roommate and I against each other Yikes. with that kind of activity of saying like oh well I heard Rose said such and such oh, and God. I would be like that's weird why would Rose say that 
you know, and then after a while, we're kind of looking at each other suspiciously across the kitchen, like going, hmm, you know, until we finally realized that this person was telling each of us different things. Wow. Yeah. So it was like a, that exact kind wow. of personality. I, I don't know that I've I've experienced that in well, definitely not in uh, in my relationships. And I'm trying to think if I've experienced that as an adult definitely when i was a kid mm. there was a lot of that going on i don't know i mean maybe maybe if they if it was i never found out that it was somebody trying to to break up people through manipulation like that i don't know i mean it, it, i might have just been a victim of it and never known what happened just like why doesn't anybody like me now so kind of thing i appreciate that you know they get their pronouns right through the whole show so it's yes. helping to normalize that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is not something i would have normally decided to watch as a 60 something year old woman but i am enjoying it a huge amount so what do you think about glimmer as she becomes queen the the distance between she and her her friends adora and Bo and all of them and like what is what do you think that says about friendship and how oh, things work. Well, I think, well, there was a few things going on there. She-Ra has been used to being in charge of their little, the, of their social group, you know, especially when they're like going out on missions and fighting and doing the things, those kind of things, because they were all under the auspices of, of the, of Glimmer's mom, the queen. And then when she died and Glimmer had to become queen, she-Ra did not automatically get, it's like she didn't get the memo that, okay, this person is queen now and she has certain decision-making responsibilities. There was a lot of people not listening to each other. And I think that was an issue, you know? I mean, and that's another thing. A lot of times when somebody is, um, when somebody is promoted to a higher job like in a regular in an adult work workplace one of the first things that you have to do is is you have to start distancing yourself from your coworkers because now you're their manager and you can't have the same kind of relationship that you had before where you'd sit around and bitch about your boss because now you're the boss hmm. you know one of the reasons why I have not been inclined to be in corporate yeah. world. Yeah, uh, it's also one of the reasons why I've kind of never really wanted to be in management because <laughs> I don't didn't want that, and I don't know that the characters in Shira really got all of that if they understood that. And I know there's a lot of there's, and I even think that was not completely resolved in this season. No, I don't think so. And but one of the other things I saw in it too was that. There's a point where they're trying to give her information that she's not hearing because she's, well, I guess she and Adora both want to be right or, or be listened to, you know, so they're fighting about that. But then there is a point where Glimmer could really benefit from what people are trying to tell her. And she's so determined to be in charge that she's not yeah. seeing that, you know, so it's like... I guess I was thinking about that one aspect of friendship where sometimes you need to talk about something that's challenging or, or, or you want the person to really hear you and they're not, and they're just sort of like putting up a wall and how do you, how do you traverse that, you know? And sometimes you need to go ahead and do what needs to be done or say what needs to be said, but it doesn't necessarily result in re resolution with that person. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, I see that in, in this show and, and they haven't really, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's many times when I'm watching TV and it's this show, there are many shows that have the same issue. It's like, and I, and I start yelling at the TV, like, you know, did you not hear what she just said to you? Or, you know, listen to the, you know, there's, there's a, a person with the information that you're desperate for, like three feet away from you. And you're not aware. Right. And I find that to be very frustrating. And it's, it, it's, this is a, this is a difficult thing. And I think, you know, was it uh, Glimmer needs to, Glimmer wasn't really prepped, you know, to just step into the role. And 
that's going to make, you know, that's going to make her, it's going to make it more difficult and the transition is going to be rough. And for, you know, just for her and also for the country that she's queening. <laughs> and if that's a verb. Um, <laughs> now it is. <laughs> it is now. But yeah, they, they need to, they, you know, the relationships are going to change because the, the power structure has changed the di- the so the power dynamic amongst the friends has changed and it it it's gotta it's gonna take time to find its new equilibrium if it or it'll break it up those are mm-hmm. like the the two the two options it's either you know when when that power dynamic in a in a social group changes the the people in the group have to adjust and it's gonna you know, play out however it plays out. And it either, you know, either everybody adjusts to the new dynamic and, and figures out where they fit or the group kind of splits in one or in two or more pieces. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's that, and then that's going to just play out however that's going to play out. And I, and I'm not making predictions about what's going to happen on the show next, because, you know, in, in terms of, What's happening in the show, the uh, Hordex's older brother or whatever the hell he is, the, the guy who's the emperor of the outer universe is, is now, they have an even bigger enemy to deal with. Yeah, and, and, you know, Double Trouble and Catra both pretty much dumped the, the old head honcho in favor of the new one because they know... You know, they see very quickly where the how the power structure in a group is, and they will move quickly to ingratiate themselves to the person who's going to benefit them the most. Mm-hmm. And in that way, that those two characters are similar. That's true. But uh, yeah, and I also I kind of I kind of did get the feeling that Catra thought that Double Trouble was like a friend or something, and and they totally were not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely they're definitely um defining what a mercenary is that's a good way to put it yes that's exactly it <laughs> and i guess in terms of that i can see some parallels between what's happening in the fright zone and what's happening in washington in in only in those terms because washington is basically like the republicans seem to just be a whole nest of self-serving people sucking up to whoever's got the most power so there's my there. So it was political. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I'm just odd now. I'll accept that that analogy. Um, one other thing I was thinking about this really made me want to learn more about is the theory of attachment styles. Do you know about them, or do you know the different? You mean the five? Is that like the five love language things that, or is that- there's well, no, there's the, there's the love languages, but there's also a, a attachment styles, and I think it has to do with like how you form relationships, and some of the one is like, and I don't know if these are the right words, but well, there'd be like a codependent style, there'd be like an anxious style, there'd be like a, I don't know, just a secure style, and there are different ways that people describe that and i was just seeing different types like Bo seems like completely anxious to me okay. like someone who's like do they like me oh my god i don't know maybe i did it wrong what do <laughs> i do what do you think you know it's like it's sort of it seemed like a caricature of that kind of i you're around i attaching. i just looked at okay. that the, there's okay. the four attachment styles that i think you're talking about is secure avoidant Anxious and disorganized. Does that sound? Those sound right. Yeah. And they're, yeah. So that's one. Yeah. I think, I think we could, if we sat down, we could map out all of those on. Who's doing which thing. (laughs) Because there are some that seem really clear to me, like, wow, they're really doing a certain pattern. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that was one. The anxious one. If they've done that deliberately, or I'm wondering, you know, they could also be, figuring that that could be one of the character traits when they're when they're developing the characters in the first place yeah. and that's uh, actually something as as a uh, budding comic book creator that i need to be aware of because that's a character trait that will inform how they how the characters will play with each other right 
<laughs> right. Thank you for that. Sure. <laughs> well, this is a good series. I'm glad you uh, got me to watch it. Oh, cool. So thanks. Well, I yeah. can get everyone else to watch it too. So, so there'll be more episodes. <laughs> yeah. I I do have to give props to the the writers of the show because they're they're doing a good job and that they can make it enjoyable for you know grown-ups to watch as well because that's even better it's when you can get multi-generations of people watching the same show at the same time you know uh, it's like i don't i don't like the the you know push the kids off and let them watch tv and you're off in another room doing something else because they're gonna although if this is the show that you're making them watch on their own it's not going to teach them anything that would be contrary to your values <laughs> as other shows might not have that it's a good show we recommend it you're gonna get a lot more out of it than just some silly kids thing because there's a lot of shit going on it's deep absolutely 